let's uh, let's open up our Bibles, and we're going to focus on God's Word today. The uh, theme for today, uh, the Advent theme, is love, and uh, we've been uh, joy, hope, and, and all these. And today is love, and I think it's very appropriate. Oh, we just went out. Something just happened. But anyway, we uh, um, see what happens here. There we go. <clears throat> anyway, um, focus on love, uh, and, and I think it's appropriate that we have a, a baby dedication on this particular day because uh, uh, what do you love more than a baby? You know, <laughs> it's just like. Babies are interesting because you have a baby, and the first thing you do is you fall in love with them. What, what, what have those babies ever done for you? I mean, I'm not going to go into much detail, but, uh, but if you think about it, uh, they really haven't done anything. I mean, we, we um, as a, there we go, and, uh, is that on too? No. Okay, it's going to have to be a little bit before our Bible verses come up. Come on. There we go. Okay. So I mean, what, what better thing is there than a child? They're innocent, and, and yet for some reason, you love them. And, uh, and, and, and not only that, but we also have... Um, uh, a new married couple in with us today, back from their honeymoon, and I mean, love that is there. So I have a couple of love questions I'm going to ask you. Okay? Oh, great. That's our problem. We're updating the system. A couple of love questions for you. Number one is this. Who says I love you first? The man or the woman? It depends on the situation. Depends on the situation. But statistically, who says I love you first? You were the first service you're cheating. You can't. Somebody said the girl? And the man? It's the man. Okay. Second question is, how many days uh, do they date before the man wants to say the L word? You're cheating. Okay. How many days? Okay. You're, what is it? How many? Three months. Three months. It's about 97 days. Okay. Then the next question is: Is how long before the woman says "I love you"? Pretty close to six months. Yeah, and uh, I can I can come up with a lot of different ideas as to why it's that way, but that's just the way it is. Okay. And so for them to say "I love you," it's usually the man that goes first into that. All right. So with that said, how many years for our, our honeymoon couple over here, you ready? How many years of marriage does it take for the honeymoon high to leave? Anybody know? How many years? Oh, what? Okay, man, you better say, I'm always on the honeymoon high. You better say that, okay? Okay. Okay, it is how many? Two years. Two years. About two years. 
uh, before the honeymoon high leaves leaves them at that point. Okay. All right. So now I got to get this up. Nine seven. love, which is very simply, is Jesus. If you want to look at what love is, you look at who God is, and you look at what God actually did for you, and there you've got love. So let me define for you what love is. The first one is a willingness to prioritize another well-being over your, your own happiness. So willingness to prioritize another well-being or happiness above your own. Now, I know that goes totally against what society says. Because society says, uh, look out for yourself. Look out for number one. That's what's important. But we're finding out that people aren't being fulfilled when that happens. When people are truly fulfilled, it's actually when they're giving to another person. See, and I, and I know this is going to be really hard for us to comprehend but love, even though a feeling is associated with it, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And what I mean by that is very simply this. If you go to an inner city and you see individuals in an, on, in an inner city that um, are maybe on drugs or something like that or homeless, there are a lot of people who show love to them, but they don't feel love while they're giving it. If you don't believe me, get on YouTube and look up Philadelphia. There's a street in Philadelphia called Kensington Street. Look what's happening there. And I know there's a lot of people who love them and are ministering to them, but they don't feel the love. Now, if you're, if you're married, except if you're a man, men, if you're married, are there times in your marriage that you don't feel the love? Now, men, you better say I always do, right? Right? But there are times, I always go back to the crisis time and Polly and I's marriage when she had her brain tumor. She went through six months where she could do absolutely nothing for me, but yet I still loved her and I still showed her love. So love is a willingness to put yourself underneath someone else. Someone else's happiness above you. Okay. True love is always sacrificial, self-giving, merciful, compassionate, sympathetic, kind, generous, and patient. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is, is the example for that. That's what true love actually is. And so we look at Jesus, we look at Christmas, and what do you have? You have the full example of God's love for you. And so Jesus did four things that really demonstrate his love for us. And the first one is this, is that he was self-giving. His self-giving caused him to come to us. Uh, uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and, and then verse 14 are the prime, uh, prime scriptures, okay? In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. So Jesus was in the beginning. He was with the Godhead. We talked about the Trinity. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He was there. In, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So you see that Trinity that's right there. So God is with us and He was with God in the beginning. And through Him, through Jesus, all things were made. Everything that we know and don't know 
was made through him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So here you have who Jesus is. God, the, the second part of the Trinity, in heaven. What's in heaven? You read what the book of Revelation and Isaiah says. You have angels that are proclaiming. You have sin that is not there. Pure holiness. All this is just focused on him. And he decides that he's going to come to us. Wow. I know I shared this story with you before, but I'll share it again. I knew of an individual whose daughter got involved in Satanism. Went off the deep end. And he kept saying, Pastor, will you pray, 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 pray for her, pray for her, pray for her, pray for her. Eventually moved to another state on the West Coast. One day, he got a phone call. And his daughter said, Daddy, will you come pick me up? What do you think that dad did? It's all your fault. That's not what he did. He hopped in his car and he immediately drove and he didn't, he, he told me, he said, I only stopped when I had to. He says, I went and I picked her up. I went to her, I picked her up and I got her home. And she came home, she was beat up and everything else, mentally, spiritually, physically. But he loved her that much. And that's what Jesus did for us. Is he came to us. Left heaven. And came to us. So in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father full of grace and truth. See that's what Christmas is all about. The son of God came to us. Because God loves us. You. The second thing that Jesus did was he was merciful and compassionate and kind. He cares for you. First <coughs> uh, Peter chapter five verse seven says, "Cast your care upon him because he cares for you." So here you have God, the God of the universe, the God who created all that there is, and yet He cares for us. Isn't that a Amazing. And that was demonstrated in Jesus. Because here we go. The first woman, the first person who heard about who Jesus was, the first person that Jesus told that he was the Messiah to was a Samaritan woman, wrong race, that was married five times and was now living with a man. And yet Jesus chose her to reveal who he really is. The first one who went to heaven after the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ was a thief that was on the cross. You have Mary Magdalene that many people think was a prostitute. You have demoniacs that Jesus ministered to lepers. You have lame, the infirm. He ate with sinners. He taught sinners. He loved sinners. He fed the 4,000. He fed the 5,000. He filled the wedding feast containers with wine. He came to funerals and he wept. Isn't it great to know that we've got a compassionate God? That He cares for you. 
the next, next example of Jesus' love was that he taught us. He taught us. What's the opposite of love? And I'm going to... It's not hate. I, I think I heard it. Oh, yeah, you were in the first service. Okay. <laughs> What's the opposite of love? Somebody said it. Indifference. See... Love is an emo- can be an emotion. Hate can be an emotion. Indifference is nothing. And a lot of times, I, I, I equate love and hate together. They're like brothers and sisters. So, a lot of times, hate comes because you want to be loved by someone. So, not all the time, but sometimes. And so here you have a person, a homeless person, a drug addict, I show no emotion to him. I don't care. That's indifference. And so here you have Jesus that came and he, he, he loved you. And because he loved you and he cared about you, he taught you what was true. See, as a parent, you know one of the jobs you have as a parent is to teach your children. And if you sometimes you've got to tell them the truth and they don't like to hear it. And as a pastor, sometimes you've got to tell the truth and people don't like to hear it. And as many occupations that you're in, you might have to tell the truth and people don't want to be in the medical field and tell somebody they've got cancer because of what they did. Oh, by the way, you have to change your lifestyle. I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. No. Jesus came and he says, you want true happiness? Let me teach you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. If you boil up, boil down the scriptures, it boils down to those two commands. How are you loving God and how are you loving your neighbor? Jesus came and he taught us the truth. And he taught us that we are to love God first in everything that we do. Then he says, after you love God, then you love others. Now that's not what our society says. Our society says, you're the God of your own life and you you do what you want. No. Others over self. I mean, mothers, you know what I'm talking about. That baby is born. And what do you say? You say, thank you that the baby is born. And we're going to sleep all night. I don't have to change the diapers. The baby's not going to need to be fed. It's going to be great. And when the baby gets up in the morning, the baby's going to look at me and go, Hi, Mom, I love you so much. Is that exactly what happens? Heck no. Well, you better believe it. That's not what happens. You're patient and you're generous. And you have to teach the children. The fourth one is the Jesus show his love for us where he was sacrificial and merciful for you and he died for you Romans 5 6 says for just as the right for at just the right time while we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man though for a good man he might possibly dare to to die but God proves his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. 
there's a situation here. And my grandkids or my children are involved. You better believe I'm going to do all I can for them. Let's say we're in here and we're driving somewhere and we're in an auto accident catches fire. You better believe I'm going to be reaching in there trying to grab those kids. Now if it's you, I'll try. My, my grandkids. My children, you better believe I'm. Jesus came for everyone. He died. His love is even deeper than mine. Because He died for everyone. And He took the sacrificial death that was deserved for us and He died for me. That's what the candle is all about. That we do not serve a God who hates us. We serve a God who loves you. And so the Apostle Paul says this. The Apostle Paul says, follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ. And so as Paul follows the example of Jesus, he says, follow my example. Do what I do. So parents, as you're up here and as we're dedicating your children, follow the example of Paul who follows the example of Jesus. We should follow his example. I came across this the other day. And it's the infallible test on three things you do if you want to really grow in your love. Is that you pray for others, not for yourself. That you Live a life of blessing for others and not yourself. And that you work a life to benefit others and not yourself. You do these three things. You'll see your love for God and for others will grow. He came to us, He cared for us, He teaches us, and He died for us. What an awesome God. I'd like you to spend a few minutes and focus on it. And then, I, then we're going to close in prayer. We're going to have a special prayer for somebody today. They don't know it yet. We're going to pray for them anyway. But I want you to really reflect on the awesome love of God. And I'd like you just to say thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. For coming and dying for me. 
I didn't deserve it. But you did it. Spend some time and thank you.
Anyway, um, focused on love. Uh, and, and I think it's appropriate that we have a, a baby dedication on this particular day because uh, uh, what do you love more than a baby? You know, it's just like babies are interesting because you have a baby and the first thing you do is you fall in love with them. What, what, what have those babies ever done for you? I mean, I'm not going to go in much detail, but, uh, but if you think about it, uh, they really haven't done anything. I mean, we, we um, as a, there we go. And, uh, is that on too? No. Okay. Going to have to be a little bit before our Bible, our Bible verses come up. Do, do, do. Come on. There we go. Okay. So, I mean, what, what better thing is there than a child? They're innocent. And, and yet, for some reason, you love them. And, uh, and, and, and not only that, but we also have um, a, a new married couple in with us today, back from their honeymoon, and I mean, love that is there. So I have a couple of love questions I'm going to ask you. Okay? Oh, great. That's our problem. We're updating the system. A couple of love questions for you. Number one is this. Who says, I love you first, the man or the woman? It depends on the situation. Depends on the situation. But statistically, who says, I love you first? You were in the first service, you're cheating. You can. Somebody said the girl? And the man? It's the man. Okay. Second question is, how many days uh, do they date before the man wants to say the L word? Okay, how many days? Okay, you're at, what is it, how many? Three months. Three months. It's about 97 days, okay? Then, the next question is, is how long before the woman says, I love you? Pretty close to six months. Yeah, and uh, I, can, I can come up with a lot of different ideas as to why it's that way. But that's just the way it is, okay? And so for them to say, I love you, it's usually the man that goes first into that, all right? So with that said, how many years for our, our honeymoon couple over here, you ready? How many years of marriage does it take for the honeymoon high to leave? Anybody know? How many years? Oh, what? Okay, man, you better say, I'm always on the honeymoon high. You better say that, okay? Okay. Okay. It is how many? Two years. About two years uh, before the honeymoon high leaves, leaves them at that point. Okay. All right. So now i got to get this up. Nine, seven. Four. There we go. Enter. There we go. All right. So, with that said, I want to talk about what true love actually is. And I want to talk about the example of true love, which is very simply is Jesus. If you want to look at what love is, you look at who God is, and you look at what God actually did for you, and there you've got love. 
So let me define for you what love is. The first one is a willingness to prioritize another well-being over your, your own happiness. So willingness to prioritize another well-being or happiness above your own. Now, I know that goes totally against what society says. Because society says, uh, look out for yourself. Look out for number one. That's what's important. But we're finding out that people aren't being fulfilled when that happens. When people are truly fulfilled is actually when they're giving to another person. See, and I know this is going to be really hard for us to comprehend, but love, even though a feeling is associated with it, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And what I mean by that is very simply this. If you go to an inner city and you see individuals in an, on, in an inner city that um, are maybe on drugs or something like that or homeless, there are a lot of people who show love to them, but they don't feel love while they're giving it. If you don't believe me, get on YouTube and look up Philadelphia. There's a street in Philadelphia called Kensington Street. Look what's happening there. And I know there's a lot of people who love them and are ministering to them, but they don't feel the love. Now, if you're, if you're married, except if you're a man, men, if you're married, are there times in your marriage that you don't feel the love? Now, men, you better say I always do, right? Right? But there are times. I always go back to the crisis time and, and Polly and I's marriage when she had her brain tumor. She went through six months where she could do absolutely nothing for me, but yet I still loved her and I still showed her love. So love is a willingness to put yourself underneath someone else. Someone else's happiness above you. Okay. True love is always sacrificial, self-giving, merciful, compassionate, sympathetic, kind, generous, and patient. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is, is the example for that. That's what true love actually is. And so we look at Jesus, we look at Christmas, and what do you have? You have the full example of God's love for you. And so Jesus did four things that really demonstrate his love for us. And the first one is this, is that he was self-giving. His self-giving caused him to come to us. Uh, uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and, and then verse 14 are the prime, uh, prime scriptures, okay? In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. So Jesus was in the beginning. He was with the God, and we talked about the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He was there. In, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you see that Trinity, that's right there. So God is with us, and he was with God in the beginning. And through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Everything that we know and don't know was made through him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So here you have... Who Jesus is. God, the uh, second part of the Trinity, in heaven. What's in heaven? You read what the book of Revelation and Isaiah says. You have angels that are proclaiming. You have sin that is not there. Pure holiness. All, all this is just focused on him. And he decides that he's going to come to us. 
Wow. I know I shared this story with you before, but I'll share it again. I knew of an individual whose daughter got involved in Satanism. Went off the deep end. And he kept saying, Pastor, will you pray, 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 pray for her, pray for her, pray for her, pray for her. Eventually moved to another state on the West Coast. One day, he got a phone call. And his daughter said, Daddy, will you come pick me up? What do you think that dad did? It's all your fault. That's not what he did. He hopped in his car and he immediately drove and he didn't, he, he told me, he said, I only stopped when I had to. He says, I went and I picked her up. I went to her, I picked her up and I got her home. And she came home, she was beat up and everything else, mentally, spiritually, physically. But he loved her that much. And that's what Jesus did for us. Is he came to us. Left heaven. And came to us. So in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father full of grace and truth. See that's what Christmas is all about. The son of God came to us. Because God loves us. You. The second thing that Jesus did was he was merciful and compassionate and kind. He cares for you. First uh, Peter chapter five verse seven says, "Cast your care upon him because he cares for you." So here you have God, the God of the universe, the God who created all that there is, and yet He cares for us. Isn't that a Amazing. And that was demonstrated in Jesus. Because here we go. The first woman, the first person who heard about who Jesus was, the first person that Jesus told that he was the Messiah to was a Samaritan woman, wrong race, that was married five times and was now living with a man. And yet Jesus chose her to reveal who he really is. The first one who went to heaven after the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ was a thief that was on the cross. You have Mary Magdalene that many people think was a prostitute. You have demoniacs that Jesus ministered to lepers. You have lame, the infirm. He ate with sinners. He taught sinners. He loved sinners. He fed the 4,000. He fed the 5,000. He filled the wedding feast containers with wine. He came to funerals and he wept. Isn't it great to know that we've got a compassionate God? That He cares for you. The next, next example of Jesus' love was that He taught us. He taught us. What's the opposite of love? And I'm going to... It's not hate. I think I heard it. Oh, yeah, you were in the first service. Okay. <laughs> What's the opposite of love? Somebody said it. indifference. See, love is an can be an emotion. Hate can be an emotion. Indifference is nothing. 
And a lot of times, I, I, I equate love and hate together. They're like brothers and sisters. So, a lot of times, hate comes because you want to be loved by someone. So, not all the time, but sometimes. And so here you have a person, a homeless person, a drug addict. I show no emotion to him. I don't care. That's indifference. And so here you have Jesus that came and he, he, he loved you. And because he loved you and he cared about you, he taught you what was true. See, as a parent, you know one of the jobs you have as a parent is to teach your children. And if you, sometimes you've got to tell them the truth and they don't like to hear it. And as a pastor, sometimes you've got to tell the truth and people don't like to hear it. And as a, many occupations that you're in, you might have to tell the truth and people don't want to be in the medical field and tell somebody they've got cancer because of what they did. Oh, by the way, you have to change your lifestyle. I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. Jesus came and he says, you want true happiness? Let me teach you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. If you boil up, boil down the scriptures, it boils down to those two commands. How are you loving God and how are you loving your neighbor? Jesus came and he taught us the truth. And he taught us that we are to love God first in everything that we do. Then he says, after you love God, then you love others. Now that's not what our society says. Our society says, you're the God of your own life and you, you do what you want. No. Others over self. I mean, mothers, you know what I'm talking about. That baby is born. And what do you say? You say, thank you that the baby is born. And we're going to sleep all night. I don't have to change the diapers. The baby's not going to need to be fed. It's going to be great. And when the baby gets up in the morning, the baby's going to look at me and go, Hi, Mom, I love you so much. Is that exactly what happens? Heck no. Well, you better believe it. That's not what happens. You're patient and you're generous. And you have to teach the children. The fourth one is the Jesus show his love for us where he was sacrificial and merciful for he and he died for you. Romans 5 6 says, for just as the right for at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man he might possibly dare to, to die. But God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. If, if, if there's a situation here, and my grandkids or my children are involved, you better believe I'm going to do all I can for them. Let's say we're in here and we're driving somewhere and we're in an auto accident and catches fire. You better believe I'm going to be reaching in there trying to grab those kids. 
Now if it's you, I'll try. My, my grandkids. My children, you better believe I'm. Jesus came for everyone. He died. His love is even deeper than mine because He died for everyone. And He took the sacrificial death that was deserved for us and He died for me. That's what the candle is all about. That we do not serve a God who hates us. We serve a God who loves you. And so the Apostle Paul says this. The Apostle Paul says, follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ. And so as Paul followed the example of Jesus, he says, follow my example. Do what I do. So parents, as you're up here and as we're dedicating your children, follow the example of Paul who follows the example of Jesus. We should follow his example. I came across this the other day. And it's the infallible test on three things you do if you want to really grow in your love. It's that you pray for others, not for yourself. That you live a life of blessing for others and not yourself. And that you work a life to benefit others and not yourself. You do these three things and you'll see your love for God
come forward at this time. And I'm going to ask for an individual uh, that you don't know who he is, or you might know who he is, but I'd like for Earl and Kim Mills to come forward. I gave you as much warning as I could, Earl. Earl and Kim, uh, Earl's been our superintendent for over 10 years. Retiring in about two weeks, and he wanted to go. He told me down here, he says, I want to go to my favorite church. Now, I didn't put one of in there, but I want to go to my favorite church, and so he chose Mount Tabor uh, to come to today. So, we're going to pray over him, and I'd like not just the elders, if you want to come up and pray over him, you can do that as well. And then we're going to close out in prayer, and uh, and I, I have to do a real quick housekeeping announcement. Uh, ben would like the chairs and tables put up for their party tonight, so we can do that too. Okay. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, you are good and you are God, and we thank you for Pastor Earl. And we thank you for his leadership in the denomination and in the